Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back. Or maybe I should say in 2022, this is the first episode of season two. Listen, I am straight stoked today. I drank one of those loaded teas and I've been vibrating ever since. (laughs) Well, you know, Paul, 2022, guys, 2021 can't get much worse. Right at the end, we lost John Madden and then... Betty. Betty. We got some of the worst news. Listen, Joe Bailey's in sackcloth and ashes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I promise you. Listen, boys, I was tore up when COVID took Joe Diffie from us. Okay. And the fact that. I'm not laughing out of. I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I agree. Yeah, sorry. At the, the way 2021, 2020, we all. Oh, gosh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. And thank you, Lord, that I did not fall victim to this. But I can remember so many pastors, their theme in 2020 was 2020 vision. Perfect. God's giving us, you know, this and God's going to. And boys, it's been all downhill 2020 (laughs) and 2021. But, you know, God's grace is sufficient. All I can say for 2022 is hold on and trust the Lord because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what's going to happen, but. I know that one thing for sure. God's still on the throne. That's right. Hey, he was just preparing us to have courage in the face of fear. Okay. All bottom, right. bottom line. You know, I mean, we've been through it, man. It's been nuts. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we have. It's been crazy. Uh, I don't even know how to explain, you know, the, the past year. There's been ups. There's been downs. There's been goods. There's been bads. But, you know, one thing's for sure, you know, this podcast has been a blessing to me. And I know that it's reaching out. And the the gospel is being shared in new and unique ways. And this podcast is giving people encouragement, is giving people insight. And and Paul, I'm just I've been blessed to uh to, to do this with you, to serve with you. And and Michael, has this does this make two or three times for you on the podcast? This is my second. This is your second yep. time. Yeah, he canceled us the second time we're supposed to be here. So this would have been the third. I canceled? Yeah, you had to work. I did. That's I had to work right. a football game. But he blamed the city of Sweetwater for that mm. one. Well, we've well, I've also <laughs> I've also got you booked for another one upcoming, hopefully real soon, uh, with mm. a good friend of mine, uh, evangelist and minister Chad Udi. Yep. Chad and Michael are going to be on one of the future shows in in, in season two, and you know we're going to try to. I've got several other guys that we're going to get booked up and and just continue to uh, search for the truth. Okay, try to uncover that. So, Paul, you have recently been in uh, Ohio, right? Yes, Ohio. I just got back Thursday. People ask why I why I call Paul nationwide. Mm. Well, it's because he is nationwide. I don't know about that. Paul's all over. <laughs> he'll he'll be globe hopping pretty soon. All right, well, but he's I, I've retired from globe hopping. I already <laughs> did that. <laughs> you, you, okay, so. 
He's, he's coming back. <laughs> coming home, coming home. So, so Mr. Worldwide, that title's already taken, but uh, we're going to call keep calling Paul Nationwide. So, uh, Paul, you've got the topic this morning. You've, uh, like I said, you've been in, in Ohio. So just quickly, just catch us up on Ohio. I'm sure there's probably some friends up there that you made and, and people that you might want to give shout-outs to on the show. And then we're going to... Uh, we're going to attack season two, episode one. Boom. New beginnings. New beginnings. The courage for new, for new beginnings. beginnings. Yes. Um, I've been involved with Ohio since I was a kid, really. I spoke at a youth camp the last several summers, and I've got acquainted with a lot of these uh, young people from up there. Most of them are now freshmen in college. Um, so they had reached out and said, hey, man, this – this kind of shell shock, you know, we're and and to quote one, one of the guys, he's like, man, I live in hell. He said, every turn I make sin or, or temptation or the, the lies of the enemy is staring me in the face. And he's like, I really just don't know how to handle it. You know, uh, he said, I know the word, I know the scripture, but I'm struggling with, with how to, to attack it, with how to face it and, and what to do. And, so they're like, will you come up here for a couple of days and just hang out with us? And I'm like, well, that's a six hour drive. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go because here's the deal. We're called to make disciples. So I went and, uh, I got up there to the Airbnb and, and the Airbnb, I say that they were born again, uh, spirit filled believers at the Airbnb. And that was awesome. I got to hang out with them and talk. And then, uh, this group of college students came and picked me up in a minivan and we, we, they took me out to eat and we just hung out and talked and came back and, and watched the first episode of the chosen. And, and I said, boys, pay attention to this thing. I said, this is vital to who we are and to have courage mm. to follow Jesus. When, when Mary Magdala looked at Nicodemus and the demon and her said, you have no power over me. I said, boys, when you're facing that hell, yeah. And you come around every corner and it's staring you in the face. I said, if you're not entrusting your soul, if you're not assigning yourself, which we talked about a couple podcasts ago, if you're not assigning yourself to the leadership of the Father, you will not make it. I said, it's one thing to trust him, but you have to enter. You have to assign yourself to him. And I said, and when you do those things, he's going to fill you and he's going to give you the strength and you're going to be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. to walk through hell. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Who you are, the shepherd comforts me. And I said, when you do these things, boys, you're going to have the courage to face that and stand in that adversity and come out on the other side saying, praise the Lamb of God, I made it. So my trip turned out really good because we discipled, uh, we prayed, we sought the Lord, we worshiped, and when I left... When I we we were in a circle praying at nine thirty on on Wednesday night, and I was like, "Boys, I gotta go. I got I gotta get back to Tennessee and see my wife and kid." And so we were praying, and they laid hands on me, and they were praying for me, and all I could see in my spirit was when Elisha's servant was freaking out because the enemy had surrounded him. And Elijah prayed, said, Lord, just open his eyes. Mm. Yes. 
and there was chariots of fire. The protection of God was all around them. And I said, boys, just remember, when you walk around that corner, just say, Lord, open my eyes. And I said, and if you'll do that, and you'll entrust yourself to him, you're going to make it. Amen to that. You're going to make it. Amen. And, and that's where we are. we got to have the courage to believe in faith that God is who he says he is, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, and we're going to walk in the power and the victory that the Lamb of God shed the blood for. That's what we got to do. That's how we got to disciple folks. Hey, this is great. Jesus loves me. This I know. Listen, Jesus loves you, and he has empowered you. Come on. Paul, yeah. that's a that's something that I've I've struggled with because this dynamic of that that there's that God is like a fairy and and God's this genie in the bottle. Yeah. He grants our wishes. And you know, that God's gonna go around, he's gonna he's gonna make your life better. And Michael, he's gonna make your life better. And God didn't come to make our lives better. We need to we need to realize that, okay? Yes. The Bible talked about being in the fellowships of the sufferings with Christ. He said, you're going to be persecuted. Okay. So let's not, let's not be deceived into thinking that just because we profess to be born again, or we profess faith in Christ, that not all of our problems are going to go, go away. Now we're going to have to, as you said, Paul, face our fear. Yes. And it might've been you, or I don't know where I got this quote from. But courage is not the absence of fear. Mm -mm. We all, if we're tr if we're honest with ourselves, we we we're all afraid of of things. Courage is the ability to, in spite of the fear, Amen. Carry on. Come on, Roman. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Okay, I've actually got that wrote down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so that's that's what courage is, and Joshua was a. My mom sewed Joshua into me as a child. I can still remember the little book that, that her and my dad would read to me. And Joshua was always that hero of the faith that I connected with. Yeah. Be of good courage. Be strong and courageous, knowing that the Lord your God, you know, he's with you. So mm. courage is something that's that's always been meaningful to me. Yes. And and Paul, when I was feeling the call to preach at an early age in high school, guys, when I tell you all I was mixed up worse than a bag of Skittles, I was I was I battled so many insecurities. I've talked about this in the past, you know, I've I've I struggled with bullying, with hazing. There was a lot of like I said self-doubt and insecurities, acceptance issues that I had deep-seated things. Maybe nobody else could see it from the outside, but it was in there. And God was calling me to preach. All of these things were these things wasn't working out in my personal life. And I, I felt like I was trying to please the world and please God. I was lukewarm. Mm. And, and I got to a place where I said, okay, Lord, what have you put me on this earth to do? Help me to figure out my purpose. God, what... Because whatever I'm doing is not working. I'm trying to please yeah. man, and it's not working. I'm not fitting in. This ain't working. And and it was because God had placed a higher calling on my life. And I remember thinking, if I announce my call to preach, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> like, 
these the bullying's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. You know, and and guys, just in the spirit of true transparency, my crush in high school was Corey. Corey was that girl that I knew I wanted to marry. I wanted to be with her. And I and I played my cards. Like I I don't have a very good poker face. Okay? You guys, if y'all know me, son, I showed my hand early. Early. <laughs> She, All in. Yeah, she <laughs> knew that I was crazy over And when you give a woman that kind of control. Oh, yeah. Then, it's like a video game. Oh, <laughs> she played me. She played me. And uh, she said I was too clingy. And she uh, she broke it off, man. She We were just, we was freshmen. And it was like she turned all the girls against me. I don't know what it was. And, <laughs> and, and I couldn't get a girlfriend. I couldn't fit in. It wasn't working. And it's like. God's calling me to preach. And I'm like, man, if I announce my call to preach, it'll, I'll never have a girlfriend. And you know, when you're growing up and you're just battling all these insecurities and I was a good athlete, but I just, I mean, man, when you're on the football team, some of those guys can get pretty rough. Hey, listen, you know what his nickname was? The minister of defense. Well, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> well, but it wasn't at the time, right? but I had the courage to step out on faith and with boldness declare, this is what God has mm-hmm. called me to do. And guys, y'all think I'm crazy, but God put a hedge of protection around me. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And all those boys that yeah. used to pick on me, they, they started protecting me. Yeah. And all them girls that didn't want nothing to do with me, son, I, I couldn't. I, they they all they wanted was a piece of me. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to, you know, be around around being with. Them. And I'm like, nope, I'm living for God now, yeah. you know. And son, not today, son. Not, not today. today. Oh and, god. And well, I guess who eventually come back around? Corey. Corey. She got her heart right. <laughs> she eventually <laughs> come back. Got her heart right. We've been married now for going on 16 years. We've been just together in general through college and everything in high school over 20 years. And I'm not saying that when you you know, step out into the ministry or the call that, that God's going to allow your popularity to increase or that God's going to give you the desires of your heart. I'm not, I'm not promising that to you today, but I am saying this, that when you step out on faith and encourage, I can give a personal testimony and say that God will work things out for good. Amen. God's going to work things out for your good. Mike, have you had any kind of experience like that or just quickly share your heart on, on, on courage? Yeah, absolutely. 2014 when I, the Lord called me to preach, and I came from a different background. I had no education in the Gospels, no no personal relationship with Christ. You know, I'd, I'd only been serving Him for a short time, you know, at the river. And uh, I remember I was, I was we were living in Sweetwater at the time, and I woke up one morning, I was just reading some Scripture, and, and Jeremiah 1.5 came to me. And, you know, when people say, well, you know, it really hit different, and you could, like, yep. it really did. I'd read it multiple times, and... And when I when I read that, I was like, "Wow, I feel something in that this morning." And came so alive I just, to I, I just, yeah, exactly, yeah. it came alive. So I just, you know, jump on Facebook and going to just, you know, share an inspirational verse of the day, and and like I try to do, and and I put that, and then uh, Pastor Mickey commented on it, and he said, "I want to tell you something." He said, "That's the same verse that the Lord called me to use," and right then at that moment, I felt it. I was like. Wow. Well, then after that, I started having dreams. Spirits bearing witness. Yes. I started having dreams of me preaching and and things like that. But like Roman said, when God puts that calling on your life, I mean, I was just freshly born again. Yeah. You know, I hadn't been walking with the Lord just maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. And I wouldn't even say really deep with the Lord at that time. You know, I 
I was wanting to. I just, the scripture didn't make sense to me. And I was, you know, trying to get in there. I was like, Lord, how am I going to preach? I don't even know. I don't even know you that well, you know, yet. But yet, people would come into our church from other states and pray over me. You're going to be, you know, man of God, preach. So I was like, okay. But the enemy tried to suck me back and say, well, you can't do it. You just now, I mean, it's just been two years ago. You were an alcoholic. Yeah. Who, you know, they're going to laugh at you because I was afraid I was going to fail. Yeah. And then they would be like, well, I told you he wouldn't make it. You know, I, because I know that people in my hometown, you know, and when I got born again, I know they were, well, it ain't going to last. I know him. I know him. He, he'd lived this long doing this. You know, I was 31 years old when I got born again. And I'd lived a life from 14 to 31 that it was wild. Yeah. And uh, so I, I guarantee you there were people lined up wanting to put their bets in on me. <laughs> and that worried me, and I was afraid. I was like, God, what if I fail? And But you know what he spoke to me? He said, if you'll read my word, it's full of people that failed, but I still use well, that the truth. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, we, what gets me is this, this courage that we're talking about. The Lord gives you that courage. Yep. But we as a body sometimes want to take that, well, you know, are you sure you've been called? Are you sure? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm sure Paul and Peter and all those guys that asked that, man, have I really been called? But they have been called. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be a perfect person to be used by God. And back when I first started, that's what I thought. You know, I'd look at Pastor Mickey and I'd be like, oh, there's no, I'm there, I, I'm nowhere near him. Mm. Like when you're around somebody, like, you know, you're around your pastor all the time. I'm around mine and other men of God. You see them and they're sold out. Yeah. And I was just afraid that I couldn't line up, that I couldn't meet the standard for God. But then he, 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 he spoke that word. My word is full. Of people that blew it. That's so good. But I still That's used true. them. That's the truth, man. So good. yeah, I, I definitely understand the, the the pullback of the enemy trying to rob courage from us. But you know, it's like um, I, I was out in the parking lot waiting on you two to get here. <clears throat> I was late. I think you said he was early. Mike. He was early. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. early. I was excited. Uh, listen, and, he was early, and we asked him to do it late, right? Yes. <laughs> I was sitting last night at a New Year's Eve party at like 6.30, and I get a, co- a text from Paul. Hey, brother, you want to be on Truth Revival in the morning? <laughs> I know it's a late notice. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm eager for this sort of thing. I love just being able to talk about the Lord. Yes. But I, I'm so glad he came because, um, I mean, Michael and I, we don't know each other a ton, and – We've got to know each other a little bit in the last year or so, but like when I see him, my spirit leaps. Yeah, I get excited, yeah. you know. And yeah. so, Same. anytime that I can be with him, it's going to be a good day. Yes. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're talking about that courage. Paul in his in the in the, in the chapter sixteen of First Corinthians, this is what he tells them. And in, in my title, it says this: Paul's final instructions. And he says right here in verse 13 out of chapter 16, remember to stay alert, hold firmly to all that you believe, be mighty and full of courage. Mm. So that's that, I think that's key to having that courage is you've got to hold on to what you've been taught. You've got to hold on to your doctrine. You've got to hold yes. on to the promises of God. You've got to know the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, when me and Courtney were youth pastors, I, I tried to hammer that into our youth. And I know as young people, you don't want to just stay saturated in the Word. You, you know, I, I know when I was young, I didn't want to read books. Yeah. So I get that. But I would try to instill to them, you know, 
you have all these amazing promises over you, but you don't know them because you don't know the word. So if we are not full of him, full of his word, then how can we have courage in anything? We can't. Yeah. We can't. We have to stay in his presence. Yes. You know, it, and those guys in Ohio, they were like, well, how do we know? How do we know? I said, well, I said, you don't really know me. I said, you know me a little bit from what little bit of time we spend together. I said, but if you were with me every day for some uh, point, let's say you're with me 30 minutes a day, you're going to get to know me eventually. Yeah, and I said, absolutely. the only way you're going to get to know the Father is to be in his presence. Spend time That's with it. him. Spend That's time it. with him every day. Make an intentional. It's a choice. Both of you had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Am, am I, I going to be afraid? of what these people say, or am I going to preach the gospel? Am I going to be afraid that I'm a loner and not ever going to have a a woman or friends or anything? Am I going to be that way? Am I going to make a choice to follow the Father and do what he's called me to do? And courage, the first part of courage is choosing. It's a choice. Listen, what he said in Joshua 1 and 9, do not be frightened. You have to choose to not be afraid. Because if you choose to be afraid, you're never going to go forward and you're never going to get in his presence. Absolutely. He says, do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So when you make that choice to walk with him and go with him and sup with him, that courage will come. It will yeah, come. Absolutely. And like you said, we have to know that we know that we know our convictions. Yeah. We have to know. Hey, I know what he's called me to do. I know what he's told me not to do and what to do. And you have to have the courage to follow them both. Absolutely. You know, Michael, you were saying something earlier that I think the enemy he sows it into everybody. And if we can if we can just ever reveal Satan for who he is, that he's a liar, yeah. and just realize that those 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 doubts, those thoughts, we all have them. We all have them. Even Jesus had it. Jesus had doubts. And and you guys, there may be an, an argument right there. Mm-hmm. You know, people may say, Well, he's Jesus and he was God in the flesh, and he never questioned the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I want to say he struggled. Oh, yeah, big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> big he time. struggled my, yes. so, that, so that his sweat became as drops of blood. He was under so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Father, if there's any other way, let this cut pass mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he yielded That's right. to the work of the Father. Yeah. Michael, you know, I think we're all the time trying to figure out how to get out of what God's called us to do. This moment of where we step out on faith. And but it's those those are the people that we remember. Those are the people that we tell stories about. Those people mm-hmm. who who stepped out even in the face of adversity and they stood for something. Yeah, that's good, right? Not those yeah. fearful souls, not those cowardly people. And I'm not meaning that as an insult, but just people that are cowardly and timid, but the people who stand for something. Those are the ones that Absolutely. we remember, mm-hmm. not just not just spiritually, but also, you know, all these great stories of of American valor and those soldiers and men and women who fought and died for yeah. freedom. But you you read you read scripture, and the enemy's going to tell people, "Well, you're you're not ready, you're not ready," and that's that's where I was going with this, Michael. I think you were saying something about you know I'll never be ready mm-hmm. or people that there never reaches that point where. The where the that that ding happens and says you're ready right. now. You've made it. <laughs> You've made it. It. Yeah. yeah. No, you just have to say, God, I'm going to trust in you. Amen. Absolutely. I want to read a couple things here, guys. Uh, you know, King David sinned with Bathsheba. That was a pretty big deal, mm-hmm. but he was still called a man after God's own heart. Elijah, quite 
possibly one of the most well-known prophets in the Old Testament, even prophesied still that he'll be the one uh, that Elijah is going to return. And there's even some people who think that he's one of the two prophets in the book of Revelation. After this great moment that Elijah had on Mount Carmel, when he calls down fire from heaven oh, yeah. and literally slays about 400 yeah. prophets of Baal, right. he starts doubting God. After God showed out. Yeah. After God showed <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Boys, if God did that for me, I'd be like, bring it on. Yeah. Let's go. You know what I mean? Oh, Lord. But, you know, he was afraid of Jezebel. Jezebel's looking for his head, and so he gets all scared. But he has a, he has a moment of weakness. Um, John Mark, the Apostle Paul. It, Paul is grinding, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just going and serving. And Paul, the Apostle Paul is probably one of those guys that, he had that intrinsic motivation, that internal engine that just never stopped. And Mark just said, man, I, I'm getting homesick. Yeah. Mm. I've had enough. I'm ready to go. Yep. And, and you know what the Apostle Paul said? Well, I'm done with you. Yep. Go home. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like me. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Go <laughs> I'm working with him no more. Go to quit. Yeah. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but, but guys, we see, you know, later John Mark rebounds and he gets back on track. But even still, you know, talking about the Apostle Paul, look at his history. A persecutor of the mm-hmm. church, separator of, of families and homes. Uh, he done some horrible things. And don't you know that the enemy probably came against him and said, you know, you can't you can't preach this new gospel. You can't preach. What about Peter denying Christ? I mean, I've mentioned some uh, people right there in Scripture that were failures. And you're like, well, that's just only five. What about Noah? Noah was a drunk. Yep. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused by his brothers. He said, what, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Moses, well, first of all, he was a murderer. And then he told God, he said, I can't talk. Yeah. You know, he trying to use all kinds of excuses. What about Gideon? Gideon was afraid. Mm-hmm. And Samson, his hair was too long. <laughs> you yeah, know? Uh, that's true. But Samson, Samson done all kinds of things that probably should have disqualified him as a Nazarite. And yet somehow God was able to use him. Um, Jonah ran from God. The disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus needed him the most, they fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene, woman demon-possessed. The Samaritan woman caught in the very act of adultery. Zacchaeus, he was too small. We we read all these stories about people in Scripture, and you know what? There needs to be that person modern day who says, this is my story, and I'm going to embrace who I am. And I, maybe I am a failure, but that failure is not final. Yeah. And God has call me to do something and I may not exactly know what it is, but I want to step out on faith and courage. We need to have a Jonathan moment where he says, Hey, you know, the Philistines had drove him into the caves and I think Saul was in the cave of pomegranate and uh, Jonathan tells his armor bear says, Hey, look, let's go. We're going to go get him." And the armor bear says, Hey, I'm following you, whatever you want to do. And he says, all right, Lord, if they call us up, we're going. And son, then Philistine says, come on up here. We got a thing to show you. And Jonathan, his armor bearer, they go up and they slay about 20 of them. Mm-hmm. 
And all of a sudden, like you said last night, the Lord's been talking to you about courage becoming con- contagious. Mm-hmm. And, and it ca- became contagious when Jonathan stood up. They started coming out of the holes, yeah. and they wiped them boys yeah. out yeah. right there. And that being courageous in that moment when you're, you're feeling uh, weak and put back and, and you're having to retreat, but if you stand your ground and set your face like a flint and you say, no, I'm trusting you and I'm going to follow you in courage, it became contagious to where everybody that was in that moment followed him mm-hmm. and when yeah. he obeyed the yeah. Lord. Talk yeah. about being contagious in the early church. So, you know, Paul messaged me last night, and I don't know if I want to do this, and, of course, I'll, I'll jump at the opportunity. I just love it, you know. Uh, talking about the Lord and just being around brothers, that, that's what I love. So, of course, I was like, yeah, I was like, but just shoot me the topic. That way I'm not walking in blind. And when he did that, I was like, okay. Like, that kind of lines up with what I've kind of been studying on. And, you know, you were talking about the disciples. Every one of them failed. Every one of them failed. So I've been in the book of Acts in, in, in the first chapter. And I have been asking the Lord and seeking the Lord for 2022. Um, I don't really make New Year resolutions and all that, but... I said, God, what drove these guys? What drove? Because in Acts 1, we'll go, we'll look at it. And this is where I started. So Jesus is dead. And he's coming down and he tells his disciples, where does he tell them to go? To wait. Jerusalem. What just happened at Jerusalem? That's exactly where he got killed. He got persecuted there, and he's telling his disciples, the ones that have failed him over and over, like I said, you know, Peter denied him. That's a pretty big deal. Like, face-to-face, denied the Lord. Like, I don't know you, you know? And he was the one that said, what did he say, Paul? I'll never leave yeah, I'll you. I'll never leave you. I'll never. <laughs> but, man, when it got crunch time, he that courage went out the window. Yeah. And so I'm like, I was asking God, you know, okay, so – what gave them that courage to go back to Jerusalem and wait like the, like the Lord told them to do? He said, you go back and tarry. He didn't say go for 10 days. He didn't say go for, he just said, you go and wait. So you had to be thinking in these disciples' mind, they're like, man, he's sending us right back to where he just got slaughtered at. To the lion's den. Like he, <laughs> we, we know how they feel about us yeah. there. We're you not know wanted. We're not wanted. <laughs> and, and you know what? I've, I've been wrestling with this. Uh, we, we use this cliche in the, in the church a lot that if the world agrees with you, then you're not preaching the gospel right. But you know what I've been reading? And I find it kind of totally opposite. The world was attracted to Jesus. Those sinners, they were attracted. It was the church that hated Jesus and his new teaching. That's true. Amen. It, it wasn't the <laughs> world. The world was drawn to him, Paul. Yeah. He was the light, and they were drawn to him. It was the church people that hated the new teaching he was bringing. Mm. So I've I've been been wrestling with that, really. Uh, Well, maybe if the whole church is agreeing with me, maybe we're doing something wrong. But he sends these guys back, and so they go. And I'm thinking, wow, like you've got to have some kind of courage. And I I was seeking the Lord. And he said, I tell you what, every one of them had. Yes, they had failures, but every one of them had a personal relationship with me. Yeah. And they knew my power, they knew my touch, and they knew the last one is what they knew my love for them. Amen. And I think to have courage, Paul and Roman, you've got to know how much he loves you. Amen. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Hey, Paul, after a long day of work, you're tired, Heather's tired, or maybe even after church on Sunday afternoon. Everybody's got to eat. So where are you going? I'm going down to see Juan and the family at Senor Lopez, 105 Mecca Pike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. And so they go back, and they wait. And through obedience and courage, the early church was born. It says they waited, they tarried. He said, you're going to be endued with power. And so they go, and they go. He didn't, like I said, he didn't give them a time frame. He just said, you go to that upper room and you wait. Yeah. And they did. Obedience, like we were talking about last night, that obedience. It produced prayer. Mm. And when they all got together, like-minded believers, they were praying. They're like, we don't even know what to pray for. All he said was power is going to come to us. Like it was very vague on what they, but he said, you know what? I'm going to come and I'm going to baptize you with fire. Mm. I'm going to give you that power, that same power for three and a half years that you've been watching and experience. I'm going to give you every bit of that. And so that courage I'm sure it took a lot of courage to go back to a place that you just seen. You know, I've been I've been under Pastor Mickey now for uh, going on nine, maybe ten years, and I couldn't imagine after three and a half years of me being born again, walking with him, and he just. I'm thinking I'm going to be with him till he's 80, 90, and then boom, he gets took out. That would that would have an effect on me. Yeah, you know that would that would make me go, oh man, what am I going to do now? Because three and a half years, we know, we all know. I mean. That seems like a long time with the Lord, but really that's not a long time with the Lord, three and a half years. You know, at three and a half years old, I was still having to help my child do things. So they just lost a guy that they thought they were going to be with forever. Right. And he said, I want you to go back to where they just killed me. And they go because of courage. Now, Michael, let me add a little something about that. The, Like I said, the, the historical place of the upper room Again, don't know 100% where it's at, but it ain't but about 200 yards, maybe less, mm-hmm. from the Levitical priest's home. And Michael, like you said, they, they knew who these guys were. Mm-hmm. Peter denied him. And there was people that were like, you're, you're one of Jesus. And Jesus sent him right back in the lines then. Yeah. Mm. Don't you know how many of them would have probably been like, like yeah. <laughs> you're asking us to go back? Uh, not, not, okay, boys, I'm going to give you power and then go back. Go back and wait on the power. God is still putting his people in those compromising situations where it's out of our control. And how many of us guys, can you think of a place right now where the Lord's saying, hey, I need you to go minister in that place. You might get spit on. Mm -hmm. You might get slapped in the face. You could possibly lose your job, but I need you to take a stand. How many of us are willing to do that at this moment? You know, it's like, uh, well, Lord, let me just make sure that my finances are in order yeah. first. Or uh, let me make sure that this is good with everybody. Let me see if I can get Paul on my side. Yeah. Because yeah. if I can get Paul to go with me, then I'm not afraid. Or let right. me see if I can get Paul in, Michael. Yeah. Let me see if I can get some other guys. When God's calling you to do something, you got to be obedient. Yeah. you got to be obedient. Um, but... That, that whole concept of we may not know how it's going to work out. 
But we step out on faith, mm-hmm. in cur- being courageous and bold. And who knows what? That could be the spark that starts the fire. Absolutely. Yeah, you never know. And think about those disciples when he said, go back. When they had the courage to go back, they were eventually rewarded. So when you have the courage, you're going to be rewarded because eventually the power did come mm-hmm. and they were witnesses all over the place and the, and the church grew. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got to have that power in you to stand there and to die for him, to be stoned or to be beheaded. If that power's not in you, in your flesh, you can't. There's no way. No. Let me say this also, Paul. You said some crazy things right there. You you got to to stand there and, and be willing to be killed, be willing to be martyred. Be, everybody's going to be afraid of that, though. Yes. So if you're in fear, that's natural. Yeah. It the the fear of the unknown in all of us. Embrace it. Okay. We yes, we're afraid. Yes, we're uncertain. Yes. But we're talking about courage today, yeah. and men and women of God who have courage. I was uh, I referenced um, it's it's in Luke chapter I think seven verse forty seven. I've got wrote my notes while you're looking that up, Roman. It says courage is not the absence of fear, but overcoming it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not the absence of fear. It, it the fear resides, but we got to overcome it. Mm. We've heard of this woman uh, who anointed Jesus' feet with the alabaster box. Everybody criticized her, what she was doing. But Jesus said, her sins, which were many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. In other words, if you're forgiven much, you'll love much. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you're forgiven of a little, you're going to love a little. Amen. Michael, what was it that you said earlier that people needed to have? The personal relationship. Personal exactly. relationship in order to have have courage. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not only that, I think right here, we need to understand the gravity of our sin, the cost mm-hmm. of our sin. I got saved at six years old. Y'all know I didn't do a whole lot wrong before then? But boy, I sure have done a lot after. Yeah. And God saved me whenever I was six, even though what I would do, he he still loved me. He looked back in time and just as the, you know, the the, the people who who plucked his beard and and uh, beat him and, and crucified him and, and, and Jesus said, Father, forgive him for they know what not what they do. I almost think he was talking to us as well. Absolutely. You know, through time, Father, forgive him for they know not what they do. But the enemy will say, Oh, you're a good person. Uh, you haven't done much, or you're not as bad as some of those people. When we, if we don't understand our sin, mm-hmm. that our sin broke God's mm-hmm. heart, that Jesus Christ had to die on a cross for my sin. Michael, I could say mm-hmm. your sin. Paul, I could say your yeah. sin. But guys, it was for me. Right. And you know, I, only I know the things that's happened in my life, mm-hmm. things that I'm ashamed of, things that, that I don't even want to talk about because you, you Michael, right. if you would say, well, 
well, you're not that good of a person after all. So I, I mask it, I disguise right. it because yeah. I want you to think I'm a good Absolutely. guy. Paul, yes. I, I haven't totally let you in because I want you to think that I'm a good person. But mm-hmm. really, guys, down deep inside, I'm rotten to my core. We all are. Mm-hmm. Mm. But God loves me. God loves me, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you can get to that point of saying, he loves me in spite of who yep. this rotten person that I am. When you understand that, you'll love much. Yep. Absolutely. You'll give to the kingdom. Yep. And you'll live with arms wide open. Yeah. Think about that. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. When they would put him on a cross, they didn't have to pry mm-hmm. his hands open. Willingly. Willingly, yep. That's it. I feel like so many times in church, yeah. I'm, people are sitting there and it's like, you need to come to church. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to read your Bibles. Yeah. yeah. You need to serve the Lord more. You need to, and I'm having to, there's a struggle that's happening and people are, they're, they're living with their arms clenched, yeah. clenched and they're yeah. not, they're not yielding to the father and saying, I want to give. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and here's another thing. When you live with arms wide open, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable because you're allowing people to get close to you. You're exposed. And guys, <laughs> and it uh-huh. takes courage yes. to be exposed. Absolutely. <laughs> now, 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 Absolutely. I don't want to say I don't, we're we're wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. I'm not saying you're going to be you're going to be exposed to the enemy because the Bible says that we're to you know clothe ourselves in the armor yeah, of God. Right. We're to be aware of Satan and, and his devices. But when it comes to loving the brethren, when it comes to loving the church, when it comes to being used of God, y- you have to be courageous. And there's some things that you've got to that you got to step out and do not knowing the end result mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you may sow a seed, you may not reap, reap the fruit of it, but there may be another generation that reaps the fruit of your faithfulness. Amen. Come on. That's good. Yeah. Through the seed that you've sown. Amen, bro. That's good, bro. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, but I think we're, we're, we want to do something for God and get a blessing tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Right now. Right now. We're a right yes, now generation. Absolutely. You know? We call it the microwave generation. That's right. Yes. That's right. Uh, what? Uh, J.G. Wentworth? <laughs> this is not a shout out for them. But one of those people said, <laughs> He needs sponsors. I oh, want my oh, money oh. and I want it now. J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the commercial. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to add something to what you just said about how we want our blessings now. A couple of years ago, I was reading, I got intrigued about the Muslim faith. And uh, I can't remember the, the town in Michigan. They've absolutely just took over. They're in government seats. They're, yeah, and, they are. And I That's was true. reading about, I was reading and I was studying. And, uh, you know, the Lord put that in me about how we want our blessings now. And we talk about seed time and harvest. But, man, that, that seed takes a while to grow sometimes. Yes, yes it does. Um, and I was reading, they were, they were <coughs> the interviewer asked, how come? The Muslim religion has taken over in America the way it has. In a, in a land that's predominantly confessed to be a Christian nation, that the Muslims have just come. And, and, and he said, this is why. He said, American Christians, they want to serve God for what God can do for them at this time, for their family now. Like you were saying, Roman, now. We want to pop it in, hit a button. 30 seconds later, we got warm food to eat. We're you know if we got to wait at a drive through, God forbid, a minute. We're like, what is taking so Freaking long? Freaking out. Yep. But he said the Muslims. They this is this is their thought process. They know that probably in their lifetime they're not going to see it. 
because they're coming against such adversity and all this, but they know that if they can get somewhere and get rooted and grounded there, and, and they are devout in their teaching. They are not sold out. They are not compromised to their, to their teaching. It is very, very hard to witness to a Muslim because they are rooted and they believe what they believe. Well, he said they are totally okay with not getting any glory. And it could be generations. They could be in a, in a town for seven, eight, nine years and not see nothing. 20, 30 years, not see nothing. But their children's children, they keep on putting that faith, instilling everything in them when they're born. Yeah. And then that's why they can become so successful in there because they're persistent. They're okay with them not being rewarded. While they don't waver. They don't waver. Yeah. I believe the law of grace, it's one of our greatest strengths, but also our biggest weaknesses because people live by grace and it's not of works. lest any man should boast. I'm saved by grace it's not anything that I did, but it's all God. And but then we you hear you guys have heard this whole once saved, always saved, you know, that I'm sealed until the day of redemption. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who say, Pray for my kid, pray for this person. Pray. They were saved when they were little, but they've walked away from the faith, they've walked away from God. And just about everybody you meet, you know, are they're saved, but they're just living in sin, they're living wicked. Grace is not a pass to just do and live however you want to live. This the apostle Paul said, I bring my body into subjection. There's some things that there's some things in my flesh that that I know I don't need to do, and I'm gonna have to crucify the flesh mm-hmm. with Christ, as as Paul said. Guys, we need to do a better job of discipleship mm-hmm. in the church. And as a pastor, it's taken a lot of courage for me to take a stand on some things to raise the bar and the expectation because, you know, yeah, we want to have, we want to keep the doors open. We want to have numbers. We want to see people grow. We want to see people happy and see smiling faces. And, you know, but if we're not careful, the church becomes a social club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. Church is not about making people happy and pleasing man. Those early disciples, they said, you know, should we please God or should we please man? We're going to do what's right and please the Lord. And there needs to be some men of God who preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's still some things that are unclean in the eyes of God. There's still sin in the hearts of man. And what we really need to do is we need to repent. People need to to, to see their sinfulness and their wickedness and realize that there's a, there's a loving God who's called them out of the darkness, into the marvelous light. He said, come out from among the world. Touch not the unclean thing. Amen. There are still some things that, that God's people, we wonder why the power's not there. We wonder why the anointing's not there, why the, the effectiveness not, is not there. We need to lay down the sin. We need to walk away from the ungodliness and, and, and draw closer to the Lord. Michael, you got something over there? Yeah, I do. I wrote this down actually last night because you, you were just talking about how if we're not careful, the church can become a social club. And I know a lot of people would look at the disciples and say, well, they were. And, uh, yeah, they were. They were a, a community that done everything together. And, you know, as I was just writing notes last night after uh, I talked to Paul, I went home. We got home around, I don't know, 12-something. I stayed up till 1, 1.30. And I was just kind of meditating. And um, I wrote this, and I was talking about the kingdom of God. When you know, people can debate on what they think the kingdom of God is and, and all this. 
and uh, but I wrote this. I said, if we are not careful when we go out and get involved in mission and ministry, the church can become the goal. The church was never to be the goal. The church is a temporary tool established by Jesus to teach people about the king, to disciple them in kingdom living, and then to send them out for the expansion of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. And when we look at that, that's exactly what the new, the, the new church done. They come together and it said they were all under the apostles' doctrine. They come and they got sound teaching from the ones that had been getting it straight from the source. Mm-hmm. So they came and they got the teaching, and then they went, they took the teaching and applied it to everywhere they went. They didn't waver. They didn't waver. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God isn't just coming to Poplar Bluff Baptist Church or River of Life Ministries or New Providence. That's, that, that, that's great that we're all coming to church, but are we coming, like Roman said, just to kind of check our Sunday morning boxes and say, well, I'm going to see what Brother Paul's been up to and see what Roman's got to say for 20, 30 minutes and then just go home and forget everything. And I, I can say this because I've been guilty of it before, and I think we all have. I've, I've walked to my car and kind of forgot some, some good stuff. Yeah. Because well, yeah, I, well, we just heard. I didn't come for the right reason. I come, Michael come to check my Sunday morning box. But, man, are we coming to get saturated with the Word of God? You know, as I get older, and I, man, it's, it's, I hold such a value on the calling God put on my life and also the calling God put on others' life. When I look at Roman and Paul, I know that these are men of God. I know they devout their time to the Word, to prayer, to seeking God. I, I, can, I, would, I would lay a year's paycheck down if I was a betting man that Roman don't just wait till Saturday night Go try to find, well, what do I want to preach on in the morning? No, I would venture to say that all week long, he says, God, what do you want my people to hear? Yeah. So I honor that, and I respect that. But to a man, it's, the Bible says to a man that does that, he's required double honor. That's what the Bible says. Mm. You so, know, I also you hear people also say that uh, beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel. Yeah. If you've ever saw my feet, I don't have beautiful no, feet. I, that's the okay. truth, guys, because I— He's barefooted right now, and I'm looking down at him. So I, but, I can attest. But, 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 what, but that's basically what that's saying. Beautiful are the feet of them that carry gospel. You know, the, the labor is worthy of the reward, mm-hmm. the, the, the calling, the ministry. That's a beautiful thing, and it's honorable yes. Yes. In, the, in the sight of the Lord. And, and Michael, I mean, I'm not just, but there are men of God that, and I ha- I've tried to start do- do- doing this. Um, your church is really good about it. Um, you know, around here I'm just Roman. Everybody knows me as Roman. But y'all at y'all's church, y'all you call your pastor. I call him Pastor. Pastor. That's mm-hmm. it's, it. I mean, it's that's his name in my phone. Well, and and like there's other pastors in mm-hmm. this community. They're not they're not my pastors, but they are a pastor. Mm-hmm. And that's how I address them. Yeah. I don't just go up and say, "Hey, Richard." Say, what's up, Pastor? Yeah. Or there's a, you know, John Farone. Hey, Pastor. You know, uh, Pastor of the Church of God. Hey, Pastor. Even Mickey. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like to address these men. Yeah. Because again, it's a it's a sign of respect. Absolutely. And and so you know, you saying that, Michael. Yeah, there needs to be some men of God who devote their life to mm-hmm. that. And, and but it's not just the pastors. It's it. It's the the believer. Mm-hmm. Amen. The believer. Yes. The Bible says we are walking epistles 
known and read of all men. Yeah, we're a book, boy. I promise. We are. We, yeah. And we ought to be a book. Yep. I'm not, I ain't got nothing to hide. That's right. I, I have good days. I have bad yeah, days. absolutely. And you know what? When people see me having those good days, I'm going to worship and celebrate. When I have those bad days, people are going to see me humble myself before the Lord and say, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't try to be one of these people who is happy all the time. If I'm struggling, people can, I, like I said, I don't have a very good poker face. People will know when I'm yeah. struggling. You know, I honor and put value on what God has spoke to you to relay. Even though you're not my pastor, we could be out in town and you could say something that resonates, that is for me. You could have a word for me, even though I'm not under your authority here at Poplar Bluff, you could still carry a word for me. Yes. Paul could carry a word for me. Yeah. A text from a friend could carry a word for me. So we always have to honor mm. people that are, are seeking the Lord. Right. Because sometimes the word from God doesn't just come from the church pulpit. Yeah, it can come from so many places. And I, I have a testimony about that. I mean, it's um, you got to understand you you have to have the courage to to speak what He gives you. Mm-hmm. And back in the the pandemic, we were meeting in in Brad's yard. The youth were meeting in the yard. They were coming meeting in the yard. Well, Michael came one night, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it. It changed my life. It changed the way I approached the word. He said that he had been preaching and, and, and the Lord been, and people had been calling, and all of a sudden they kind of quit calling. And they said the Lord spoke to him that he was just skimming to preach. He wasn't skimming to know. Mm-hmm. I left my first love. Yeah, left his first love. That he, he was studying just to, to preach. He wasn't studying to, to really know him. And, I, and boy, it convicted me. Mm-hmm. I was standing back there, and I thought, hallelujah, I'm the same way. But that day when when – you had the courage to accept the call to come and to stand there and proclaim the word of God. That word resonated with me and it mm-hmm. shifted something in my spirit, yeah. you know? So we've got to be ready because you never know where you're going to be, who God's going to use and how it's going to affect your, your spirit and your heart. Let me also say this guys, um, being, being in the ministry for a long time, I didn't know how to study and find a, a sermon Mm-mm. back in the day. <laughs> Nobody taught me how to do that. <laughs> I got lucky. My first sermon was Romans twenty eight, Romans eight twenty eight through thirty one or thirty two. Great passage of scripture. But yeah, everybody think, well, I've got to have a thought, or I've got to have a yeah. word, or you gotta have a you gotta have a topic. And so you start studying for that mm-hmm. word. You start studying for that topic. And I think Paul, you, I had asked you to preach one time. He was like, I ain't got nothing, Roman. I don't know what I'm preaching on. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know what I'm gonna I say that every time. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, yeah, and I told you, I said, well, Paul, it's not about finding a word. It's just abiding in his presence. That's it. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, don't think about what you're going to say Mm-mm. when they bring you before the magistrates, before the, when they bring you for the governmental seat. To, because in that moment, the Holy Spirit right. will give you the words that you need to say. Mm. And that comes from just abiding in his presence, mm-hmm. being saturated with the word, spending time with God. And you hear these preachers who'll say, well, God changed my message. God changed my yeah. message. I, in in like Baptist circles, Michael, I don't know if you've ever heard that in, in, in your church or anything, but you know, we hear people say things and, and you start to think that it's of God. Mm-hmm. God is not going to change your message. Realize that if you're ready to preach and you've got a scripture or you've got a this, or you've got a that, or you've said on something and you've studied it out and you've done your outline, whatever, and you get up there in the moment and nothing's there and you think, well, God's changed my sermon. God gave me something new. 
No, what it finally is is you probably just got on the right page. Come on, <laughs> that <laughs> you, was never his sermon to that begin was never with. His sermon to begin <laughs> yeah. with. Not to say that you couldn't use that, but it was just part of your study. You probably just finally got on the right frequency. Mm-hmm. You finally got to, dialed yeah. into the right yeah. channel. Yeah. Hearing the voice. That's it. Yeah. You finally heard the voice. <laughs> and and even if it's right in that last moment and you're not feeling, you know, like there's been times when it, I've got up to preach, it just felt electric. Mm-hmm. You know, and just, oh, yeah, I yeah. can't wait to get this out. And then there's sometimes you just feel like mm-hmm. it's a whisper. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know what you're going to say. But if you're prepared, like this morning, Guys, I can talk about the word, and I love, mm-hmm. I love being able to just say, "Hey, here's a topic. Let's come in here and let's talk about it, and let's just see where God takes this thing." When you're in love with God, people can tell. Yeah, it's not hard Absolutely. to tell. No, and 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 when you've got a word, the inspiration, of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. will just take all that and go. Nope. And He'll just bring yeah. in alignment, and He'll. He'll make it. He'll give you the words that you need to say in the hour that you need to say it. Alignment. That's it. Love it. <laughs> so, uh, well, guys, let's let's try. We've been going now for a little over an hour. Let's try to wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, and we'll call this episode done. But we're going to wrap it up here. So, uh, Michael, uh, just give us some just give us some closing thoughts right here. And hey, we may get. We may get fired up and go another 15, 20, 30 minutes. Who knows? (laughs) But, Michael, give us some closing thoughts here. Well, I just just really want to speak to everyone that listens to this. Um, Because I I truly believe, you know, when that centurion, when when his servant was sick, he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. He said, "I, I recognize authority, and you just have to speak the word. And Jesus spoke the word, and it healed. There's power in that. So... You know, I don't know people are like, well, that's just a podcast or that's just, you know what? That's, it's the word of God. Amen. And it doesn't matter how it comes. It's going to come. Lord have mercy. So for me, to everyone that listens to this and including myself for 2022, is I just pray for a boldness. That's what I want. I want a boldness. I mean, I I think that I'm not ashamed of him, but there's been times like Roman was saying just a while ago that that I know that I'm supposed to pray for someone or I know that I'm supposed to share a word right then and there, but I kind of draw back. Mm. I kind of draw back. And, you know, I've been serving the Lord going on 10 years now, and there's still times when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I question. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, maybe somebody, maybe he'll run into Paul on down the room. You know, I've done that before. And I just pray that as believers that we can have that boldness as the disciples had. That they can go and they can tarry and they be endued with power. And it says, because, you know, when they came out, 3,000 were saved and the church was added to daily like it should be added to. But then it says, because these other things that happened, they all came together. They were all in one accord. You know what I'm saying? And and I can just see that in the American church right now. We are not of one accord. Oh, Lord, no. There's a remnant here and there, here and there. There's pockets of believers that are. But as the majority, if I was an unbeliever looking in mm. to the to the American church, I probably wouldn't want anything to do with it because this social media platform has totally just, I mean, everybody has an opinion, and I don't want, man, I want the Word of God. Michael, something that I've, I've, I've said in the past, I didn't create this church. We didn't form the church. You know, you didn't make no. your church. Whatever this is is something we've inherited. That's it. But... It can either stay this way or we can have the courage, as I said, to plant a seed for a new generation. Yes. And guys, I feel 
something happening in my spirit. And I've been praying for this for a long time. You know, God, if it's your will, make a way. Because mm. I have been met with so much resistance, you know, in, in the past. And uh, Michael, you got your Bible. Six, look at John 16.1. I won't even read this, Paul. John 16.1. John 16, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. All right. So basically what that's saying is Jesus told his disciples, there's going to come a time when people are going to kill you and cast you out of the synagogues and think that they're doing it in my name. Church people, religious people are going to come against the disciples, the people of God in the name of God, but they've, but it's because they're deceived. Mm -hmm. And what that tells me is there are times, even when we're met with resistance, even in the church, man, you've still got to know if, what you're doing it for. You've got to know down deep inside your why. You've got to know your 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 cause, what you're fighting for. And and Michael, I've 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 in my heart and in my spirit, I feel like there needs to be unity among the churches. Mm-hmm. You know, we've spoken this many, many times. Our churches around here are far too divided. And I I feel it in my spirit that God has called us to come together. Absolutely, and and but I'm, I'm that's what I'm saying. Lord, you make this you make a way, God. Michael, you said when He speaks, He spoke, and the winds and waves obeyed Him. All He had to do is say, "Peace, be still." <laughs> just a word from the Master. Mm, just and, a word, and things can change. And and guys, just a word from God, and things can change in this in this community, in this place, mm-hmm. in our homes, in our schools. But it's going to require men and women that are bold and courageous and not afraid to say, this is what I feel led in my spirit to do. And then the Holy Spirit should begin bearing witness, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Michael, you you said, you alluded to something earlier, and I just thought about, you know, Isaiah. God said, who will I send? Who yeah. will go? He said, Lord, here I am, send me. Anybody who's listening out there, if it's five people, 10 people, 100 people, if you would be willing to say, God, you see me just as I am, mm-hmm. my faults, my failures, you know who I am, and yet you love me anyway, God, if you'll use me, mm. Lord, I'm Come here. On. God, I'm, I'm, I'm available for you. Lord, I know I'm not much, but God, whatever I am, it's yours. Take my efforts, Lord. Maximize it. Elevate yes. it, Father God. Use it. Multiply it. And, and God, I'm yours. So, Lord, here I am. Send me. And then begin walking in that. Mm-hmm. Begin living in that. That's a very powerful Amen. thing. And God will start bringing things into alignment in your life. Okay? And and, and even, Paul, I got I to, gotta, unless you got something else, Mike. I got one more thing just to add to that about the unity. And it just resonated when you were talking about the churches in our area, how we are so divided. 
And it, it all just comes down to what we've been taught, traditions and things. Well, well, me and about seven others uh, from our church, we have a, a private group on Facebook Messenger, and it's, just, it's the group that uh, for the past two years we've been going down in, you know, southern Mississippi, New Orleans, and just having a good time ministering down there. But this was Thursday morning. I'd woke up, and I was just praying. That's all I was doing, Paul. I was just meditating, just praying. And I want to share this with everybody listening. Uh, I shared it with these guys, but this is for everybody. I wrote down this. I said, this morning I was praying for the Lord to continue to bless all that are connected to me and my family. Then I heard this. What about those coming? <laughs> I said, okay, God, is there more? And he gave me some scriptures. And But Paul, he says this. this and Paul says this. and He says, I choose to forget everything behind me. And what Paul's saying there, when he's choosing to forget, he's choosing to forget all the teachings from Gamaliel. He's he's choosing to forget all those traditions that he clinged to, like we were talking earlier, that he persecuted the church over. His he, he's 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 choosing to to forget all that to press forward yes, to yeah. the higher calling on his life. That's good. And that was teachings of the old covenant, uh, old traditions that they didn't benefit him. The Lord said there are many that desire to know more and experience more, but are bound by what they've been ingrained with. But God has given them the boldness to step out of that dead and unuseless fruit in their life and focus on their higher calling. Titus says, this and this is what I'm saying for the church. This is what I was encouraging these guys on my, on my private message to do. Titus says, we must encourage them. And what does encouragement do? It brings that, that, okay, that courageousness. Mm. When you're encouraging me to do something, that boosts my confidence that I can do Amen. that. Amen. So, you know, you hear, no, well, you, that's just the way we've always been. Well, you keep saying that, and that's always you're going to be. Yep. You're that's never going to allow God to use you. You're going to be satisfied with things. Well, I was, you know, Roman could say, well, I was, I was born again at six, and I'm, just, I'm good. I'm, mm. No, but he says no. I want more because he knows the scriptures, and the scriptures say that we are to go from glory to glory. glory. We're never called to stay in the same spot. Amen. I don't want to be the same Michael that I was yesterday. Amen. I want to Amen. know God more. So, as I pray for boldness for the church in twenty twenty or twenty two, I want to pray to be encouragers because I truly believe we've seen it in our church. We have people from Washington State. Arizona, Wisconsin, Florida. Uh, Ari I said Arizona. Chicago, I think. Uh, yeah, Chicago, mm -hmm. just right outside of Chicago. They are people coming in to our community to escape things from that. And what are they going to find when they come to these little communities? When they're looking for a place, I want to go serve, what are they going to find? Right. Are they going to find people that, well, we've always done it this way and that's how we're going to, or are they going to find ones to encourage them that you can be a better version of you every day and by, love, by and, seeking God? And love them, yeah. And love amen. them. And mm -hmm. we have to be ready. Like Titus says, we have to be the ones to encourage. Amen. To teach them this doctrine. Amen. So that's my prayer for you guys in 2022. Oh, that's Thank awesome. you, Mike. That's awesome. Paul? Wrap it up here, buddy. I'm just like melted in this chair and don't want to go nowhere. It's been really good. <laughs> You've had a couple good moments over there today. I just we've been talking. Paul be lifting his hands, yeah, be receiving yeah. the spirit. Uh, it's, it's been good. You know, um, 
ever since we went on our youth retreat and, and I had the opportunity to share and I, and I read first Corinthians 13, you know, love never ends. Love never ends. And if love never ends, that tells me that that love comes from, from God, the father. And he put that love into Jesus and Jesus redeemed us and gave us that love. Love never ends. So if love never ends, we got to understand to have that boldness, to encourage people, to have that boldness, to proclaim the gospel, to have that boldness, to love people. That courage comes and is motivated by love. That courage is motivated by knowing him and being in his presence and getting to know him. And the more we do that, we're going to be more bold and more apt to proclaim who he is and more apt to be what he's called us to be. First John 4, 18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. Love drives out fear. And we have to understand this. What you love is way greater than what you fear. 2022, we're coming for you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 2022, <laughs> we're coming, baby. <laughs> Let's <out>. go. <laughs> Let's go. Michael, thank you for joining yeah, us today. For me. Paul, we love you, man. This has been Truth Revival, Season 2, Episode 1. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're at Truth Revival 37385. Great things to come, guys. We're excited for the journey. Truth Revival. We're out of here. I wanted to shout out to Jackie Wakefield today, and I didn't. I love you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>